what's up out there. I'm John. Welcome to <laughs> Talk About That, the podcast. Today, we are uh, excited to do some... I can't do it, Johnny. <laughs> what? You, could, you were doing great. Today is going to be another episode <laughs> of the podcast. I told John that he should not say, this is going to be a great podcast, everybody. Do you really think I sound like that? Well, it just sounds... This is going to be another great podcast. It sounds like somebody who's not sure if it's going to be great. It's and you're, you're trying great. to you're trying to I'm make the, the listener feel at ease, you know. I don't know. I think you're putting too much into it's it. It's like when you're trying to invite somebody it's, over to your like party when you're a kid. You're like, it's going to be a great party, or like when you put on the invitation six thirty to question mark. <laughs> Who knows when it'll end? I think that you really are putting way too much yeah. emphasis on what people <laughs> like. You think someone really listens to a podcast? Someone says it's going to be great, and they're like, "This one's probably going to suck." No, I just okay, sure. I, maybe I'm being a little too. And I, I did not set out to do this. I God's honest truth, because mm-hmm. we just talked about. I'm not going to do this. Yes. I'm not going to bring up the fact you told me to do that. No, and but you did it. You're terrible at that. I am. Hey, That's and right. my wife Laura is our co-host today. Yep, she's Hello. here. And uh, we're very excited that she's here. Dane could not make it today. Um, Laura so, is Dane's replacement. Yeah, send. He has better hair than I do. He does, isn't oh, that sad? A lot of conditioner. Yeah, it needs to. It's it's long and lustrous. If you could do that with your hair, Johnny, would I did do that with my hair. That. Really? No, I had a mullet though. Mine was long oh, in the I've back. I've seen but, your mullet. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. No, no, it was. That was seventeen. No, you were wearing Z Cavarici with the mullet. I had Z Cavarici oh, yeah. rayon. My clothes would go up like flash paper if a spark ever hit them. <laughs> That that's true. I would just be a naked person with like a plume of smoke around me. Were you also using Aquanet hairspray? At the Absolutely. Time? There okay. was some white rain, Ooh. like a oh, yeah, white rain. It was, but yeah. So I had the Arkansas waterfall. I had a huge mullet. It went about it went about most of the way down my back. Okay, I had no idea you had it up to seventeen. Like yeah, I was, he was wearing a Z Cavarici suit. How old do you think he was? Yeah. Um, I don't know. The pictures I saw, he was like 12. I, and did you have Z Cavarici? No, no. That picture, I may have thing. looked 12, but that's just because oh. I had no goatee. I looked 12 without a goatee. Uh, let me tell you something, guys. I had Z Cavarici. We go to Rivergate Mall. Yeah. What was the name of that store that you would There was one called like, DJ's. There was one called Merry-Go-Round. <sighs> Merry-Go-Round was the best in Knoxville, Tennessee at the mall we had. And it was a famous store. It was all over the nation. I don't think it was Merry-Go-Round. You could no. go in Merry-Go-Round, though, and you could find yourself looking at something and being like, I really like this shirt. And then you realize you're on the women's side. Because it <laughs> oh, had a men no. and a women's side. You could be I like, I love this store. purple shirt. And they're like, sir, that's a blouse. <laughs> but it looks it. great on you. <laughs> Shoot, what was? I know the store you were talking about in Rivergate, but I don't remember the name. Uh, I can't, I can't either, but man, it was like that. There was, uh, was you're thinking of Chess King. Remember Chess King? <laughs> no. There was Chess King, DJ's, what, what store are you thinking of? Oh, Z Cavaricci was, I don't know. Let's be Remember honest, the belts? Was... Remember the belts with the tip, the silver tip, and you'd tie it in a weird, like, knot thing? Yeah. What was that about? Like, it, you would, you would, you would tie it over and it would hang. The, you'd buy like a belt a that was like a size angle. 50 belt. Yeah. Well, you did that with those belts, and after that? was the whole braided brown belt yeah. that you looped like that and did the Sebagos with no socks and the twisty yeah. laces. Yeah. Also known as, my feet really stink. Oh, so, not, bad. so bad. These shoes are now yeah. the shoes so of a homeless bad. person. It's like swamp feet. It's terrible. <laughs> it really was a bad... The whole thing was bad. Like, I had these purple, like, parachute pants, mm-hmm. like MC Hammer pants oh. that I wore in, like, oh, eighth yeah, grade. White kids wearing hammer pants is the saddest moment in our, it really is a saddest moment of our generation. Like I look back, and even though you're so self conscious as like a middle schooler, like I want to look at that kid and say, 
you should have been more self-conscious yeah. and made a better decision. You well, you do it because every other kid, you think, well, this is going to make be cool. You always think about it. Like, yeah. You think about walking in school. and so, When you're looking at the clothes rack, you're like, walking in school Monday morning, they'll think I'm so cool if I'm whatever. Or I won't get made fun of if I have these shoes. I was always trying not to get made fun of. Yeah. So whatever everybody else was doing, I just wanted to blend in. You know? I don't recall being made fun of a lot, but if I'd have worn that, I, I was inviting it. You know what? Yeah. It probably was happening a lot behind my back, if I'm yeah. guessing. Maybe. So. Those hammer pants, they had they had room to like put things. It was like a storage. Yeah. <laughs> you could just go shopping and it was I, I wonder if shoplifting pants. was on the rise during the hammer pants. What were girls wearing? Like so we were in all these embarrassing things. What were y'all wearing? So we had skids. Yes. Okay. So kind of like the hammer pants, but the flannel and the skids overalls with the one strap down. Oh, right. And then girls were also wearing, which they came back like a couple years ago, but they're called harem pants, which oh, is kind of terrible anyway. Yeah, but that's not. They're kind of like hammer pants, not near as wide, kind of tapered at the ankle. Um, and I had those, and that was my first outfit harem for. Pants. Johnny, whatever you're thinking, you can't say well, no. just, I just think about like what a step backwards for feminism. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> what are you wearing to my harem pants? So our <laughs> to the rally. Our equivalent um, store, like at the time, was kind of, it was called 579. And that was the store that all the cool stuff came from. And um, for my first day in eighth grade, I remember wearing paisley harem pants, a purple T-shirt with shoulder pads. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I had these awesome suede purple slip-ons that had, like, all this embellishment on the top of the shoe. So completely tacky. This is eighth grade or seventh grade? No, that was the first day of eighth grade. I'm trying to okay, remember watch this, what Johnny. I wore the first yeah. day of seventh grade. Oh, I was going to ask you. She can tell me, Laura, what I was wearing on our first date. This was 20 years ago. On our first date or the first time we met to go to a restaurant? Oh, I'm giving Johnny the look right now because that question tells it all. Tell me the first time I went to the restaurant. What was I wearing? You were wearing a plaid shirt, jeans, and some boots. Yep. Lace-up boots. What color was the plaid? It, it was just kind of a normal, like, it had some red, had some blue, had some green in it. Isn't that unbelievable? I know what I was wearing. Okay, tell me what you were wearing. I was wearing an Abercrombie sweat, sweater that was um, kind of a burnt red with a cream and navy stripe across the top. Harem pants? And no, no harem <laughs> pants. I had on um, Gap corduroys in kind of a very light tan. Mm-hmm. Boots with heels and poison perfume. Do you remember, do you remember the- what we were what I was wearing when we met, John? <laughs> I had uh, a Amber Crombie. Uh, it was like a crew neck uh, sweater, and that was it. Uh, it <laughs> oh, made it dear. weird. It made it weird. <laughs> you were like Johnny, why don't you? And I was like, No, this is this is how I roll. We knew from then on we'd be friends. The first time I met Johnny, he was really serious. We were at a church. I, did I sing a song that day? You did. You sang a song. Horrible song. No, no, no. It was the one I'd written. It was. It was. It was, it was awful. Fun. It was no. ambi- It was an ambitious undertaking. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> because you had it? just started learning guitar. Yeah, I knew like three chords. Because you, you were piano player to begin like with. Twenty it. years later, I know like four chords. Yeah, but that's good. Back it's then, perfect. I knew that's three. enough to do a whole worship record. <laughs> and we did <laughs> <laughs> twice. <laughs> and Johnny. What was the name of that song? You remember this? See, I got two people. See, these two people in my life right here. It was called. Uh, was it Jesus is the no, bomb? No, no, it guys, was... that was never a real song. <laughs> it was something about it had seeking, seeking his face instead of his hand. Yeah, it was real. 
everything seeking I wrote was God's really face heavy. instead of his you're, seeking you're his face instead of the gifts all the time. Just oh, meta. Gosh, yeah. I've li- I've lived in an abstract world since birth. Like I don't well, I don't acknowledge both of you. Or I think the right song now. was more than just God. Is what it was called. Oh my gosh, he remembered it. It was called more than just God. Yeah. Oh dear. Moses, my servant, is dead. That was that the was first the first. Line. <laughs> <laughs> that's an that's man. Well, I was writing it from a scripture I was reading. It was like it's Joshua, you raise your weary head. Uh, his head, head rhymes rhyme. with dead. Yeah, right. it all has to rhyme. Like rise up and <laughs> oh do something. So it was like this courage to go take. I remember courage. walking down to like an E minor. So it was like Moses, my servant is dead. <laughs> 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 and like a real. I remember thinking, well, that was man. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> Melody wise, he. That was before community, guys. I was not running this stuff by anybody. That's true. So, you had then, no accountability musically. I remember I capoed on like seven frets or something. It was really high. So then you, though, came up, introduced yourself. Yeah. And was like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> you were like, you know what? Let me mold you and make you a star. Something like that. I don't remember exactly. And, uh, and I remember that. Uh, yeah, I said, I want to open up a store that sells dairy products from the Holy Land. And I was looking at you like wide-eyed, young, yeah. 18-year-old college freshman, like, yeah. this guy. This You're guy like, really? has got so many layers yeah. deep. What's going on in here? You're like, really? And I said, yeah, it's going to be called Cheeses of Nazareth. <laughs> and that's a dumb old joke. It's it not is like, a dumb old it's joke. It's a stupid joke. But, but I'd never heard it at yeah. 18. And that's when I knew, Johnny, mm. that we were destined to be great <laughs> friends. Um, so do you remember telling me you wanted to write your own translation of the Bible? No, what? surely I did not use this line. Oh, yes, you did. I was in my bedroom <laughs> upstairs. We were on the phone, and you said, "Yeah, someday I want to write my own translation of the Bible." And this is... at this point, I'd had enough conversations with you to know that you probably did want you know to who, do that. You know who else wanted to do that? David Koresh. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what are you, a cult leader? What's Hold wrong on, with she you? Hasn't no. Got to the punchline yet? So a... I said <laughs> I was charming her. I oh, said, I say okay. Okay, I said, "Well, what are you going to call oh, it?" He was gosh. like. The Gospel According to John. Uh, <laughs> really? Guys, I feel very much like so far the theme of the episode has been <laughs> what in John's youth and adolescence was shameful. Hey, you know I still married you. You, I know, you probably loved it. You were like, this guy. We all grew. You I, know what I was speaking of? You know, it's so crazy. So I've been, I'm, I'm working on two manuscripts and I, I needed, one of the manuscripts is, a, is this comedy book we're going to talk about at some point that is a lot of filler and I need you to, I can't see your eyes. Um, I can't see your eyes. Can we just move this, we can just move this down. Laura and I are talking. I, I need to, I need to see her. I like Good the gaze. Grief, you guys. Anywho, the, the, I, I need just like, when I write, I, I can't yeah. write to music that's new or very unfamiliar because I'll try to listen to the music instead. Oh, so I, I needed see. something really, and I woke up yesterday and I, believe it or not, I had like this old Michael W. Smith song in my head mm-hmm. called Live the Life. And I actually listened to it, and you know it was a little workspace, but you know, it, but it was because the nineties. That's what we all talked about. Everybody yeah. do more, and then we'll, you know, and so. But actually, it had some really good stuff in there. And then I, I was doing my devotions, and then ended up downloading the playlist, like, and I called it my nineties like Christian playlist. Yeah. So I'd, like live the life, and then I went and listened. I got the first Jars of Clay record. Yeah. And so this morning when I was writing on the manuscript, I listened to the whole first Jars of Clay record as I was going through, and it's still amazing. Like, yeah. I, I really, really it's love. A good album. It's a great album because of the orchestra. That's what I really love about it. The acoustics and the orchestra, just very out there. So, anywho, there's been a lot of, I don't know, guys. I don't know if God's doing something in us, but mm-hmm. we have a lot of talk about the late 90s. A lot of 90s, 90s talk. Well, you know, I did a, a listen to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about it, and it makes 
kind of perfect sense because we all look back on those years or those things and we get real kind of like, ha, 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 look at ourselves or, oh, we were so stupid or yeah. whatever. And we can do that and it's funny, but sometimes we take it so far and we don't really have a lot of compassion or grace for our former selves. And so that's kind of what the whole point of that podcast was, is kind of being okay with the journey and being okay with who you were before because kind of every step that you have taken to get to the point where you are now matters and it's um, yeah. not not wasted time and that it was purposeful and that as much grace as we can have for you know other people's past and things we need to try to apply that to our own lives which yeah. is not really easy sometimes well it's funny you say that because i was i would listen to the next the second charge of clay record because I, I had all these playlists and he, the song called five candles Remember that song? Right. I don't. You were there when I needed you. You were there when I needed you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but you were never here. And I, re, I, I, re, I recall the day like going, you know, when I was 18, 19, listening to this record, yeah. I never tried to figure out what he was talking about. Yeah. I never, it, I mean, it's so blatant and, and obvious what he's talking about. It's obviously feels very disconnected an from an absentee father, most right. likely. And he's five candles his birthday, and his dad buys him all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You were there. I needed you. You were there when the skies broke wide, wide open. So his dad was was there for emergencies. His dad cared about him, obviously. And you start listening to the lines, but you were never here. Meaning, I didn't want your stuff. You know, uh, empty boxes on the floor, things you never asked me for. I pray that when the wick is burned, you would say it was all about love. Like it was this. Like, oh my gosh, he just wrote this song. He just blistered somebody. Yeah. In his life, because he's dealing with with this. And I thought, why in the world did I never? For, Stop to think for about all it. the things in my life that consider myself very introspective. Now, Johnny, you were already you you always pointed out those things, and I would yeah. and I was just I don't know very rose colored like oh this is a Christian song. So he was there when he needed him, the, yeah. not paying attention to. <laughs> well, that. most Christian songs were that they were very Brady bunch. I think Jars kind of ushered in that first. They had a little bit of uh, there's a struggle in this, and there's a you know everything. There's this little darkness sometimes that they let uh, people see. You know? Yeah, which you know it's part of it part of the deal but yeah that definitely was pretty scathing for a christian song it was on the radio i mean that song was played on yeah way fm and it was just like people probably did they were driving in the car like yeah you were there it's like no the point is you were there and not here right you know yeah, you weren't actually there for me yeah <laughs> yeah no that's good and that's good though to think though because i do i look at that 18 year old self and i go and this is a big theme and so when you spent so many years all three of us working together in yeah. in some sort of student ministry or some sort of ministry we have all these people in our life that we've watched span various ages and stages of life. And there's, and Lauren and I talk about it a lot. It's like people never get a chance to outgrow. Like I know a guy, I spent some time talking, I told him the other day and I hope he's listening. You know, it's like he's almost 30 and I could still tell we were talking about how he still feels like he's trying to outrun his 17-year-old stupid version of himself, you know. And the tragedy, I don't know if ministry or – and I don't think that we're all, you know, responsible for the way people feel. But somehow they see – or they're trying to recapture a good version of themselves. Yeah. It's one or the other. And so generally you don't start feeling that. You don't really see a stupid self, most people, I think, till till somewhere in their young 20s. Now you start looking, you know, it just depends on whatever, whatever your stupid time was or your moment that you didn't get things. Yeah. Cause I, I, I for a moment did feel that shame today. Like what was wrong with me at 18 thinking I was so smart and I'm not even literally listening to the lyrics of the song. And I thought myself a songwriter as we pointed out, like, 
mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Anything, a little dose of humility would have been very helpful. Mm. Um, but that's there's what all, we're here for, John. Yes, but but there's also things that you can't know you don't know. Yeah, sure. that you you can't you don't have capacity yet to know you don't know. Yeah, like I can sit there and tell our daughter that she doesn't know things, mm-hmm. but she may not be capable of knowing what I'm talking about. Only with life, age, experience, growth, you know, do those things come. But I just I think about how people are still trying to outrun that old that old self, and and how I think to your point, Laura, that's not a healthy. It, it, it's not it's not a healthy thing because you never get to be. I'll say one more thing and I'll shut up about it on here. I'll say, but the, the in particular, how it works in church mm-hmm. and it was, and both of you have told this to me and, and, and we've talked about it out. There are certain people that they cannot stay in the church they grew up in. Yeah. They can't because they can't stop seeing themselves as who's they, who they were positive mm-hmm. or negative, but also the rest of the church can't yeah. stop seeing them as 16 year old Johnny or whomever. And even if it's a positive thing, Oh, you're always that, and they want to be taken more seriously, or heard in an adult voice, or put into an adult role beyond whatever it is they have. Yeah, or just kid. change completely from right. what they were because they are they like. Well, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, and if you did something stupid, like say you're in the youth group and you did something stupid, and now you've got to live with that, the reputation that, or the yeah, consequences, those impressions. Yeah. That's I think tough. It's, it's tough, and I think the hard thing is too, especially as you grow, if you are in a church that you were in, you know, from maybe even elementary school, but certainly into middle school and high school, you know, when you go to college and you change and you discover new things about yourself and about the world, and maybe you get married, it's hard for some people to kind of continue in the same church because people do have an impression of you. You certainly have an impression of them and it's hard. I mean, we still say sometimes like our kids or the kids and right. these yeah. kids are 27, 28, married, yeah. have kids of their own. They're not kids anymore. And they know that we love them. But it's just that perception of still being the child and kind of in that child role. I mean, yeah. you want to kind of go and have your own identity. I'm so grateful when we do get the chance to have students that stay and get married and have their children here and get to love on those babies and rock those babies in the nursery. And um, that's awesome. But I also get the onus to leave and things. Yeah. And sometimes maybe they'll come back. They'll go for a season and then come back because they also have that draw to want their kids in the church that they grew up in. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a dream of mine. It's not to, I don't think you're ever going to span the gap of angst between adolescence and adult to the point that nobody feels that I think that's a part of it, but to foster intentionally a church environment Mm -hmm. where we celebrate your journey across that great divide so that when you come out the other side of that bridge, there's something here for you. And hopefully that can happen. I, I think smaller churches, that's a very difficult thing when, you know, if I work with a guy who pastors a larger church, you know, and, and he has children, I'll sit down. Because I know several children of large, like I'm talking mega church, 10, yeah. 15,000 people pastors. And it seems like they had an easier time spanning it, but probably because even though they're very well known, they're just as well known in their community mm-hmm. as, as a pastor's kid is in a smaller church community, if not more well known, because it's almost like fame. Sometimes those guys will talk to me, one guy would tell me, People see him on a screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the only way they've ever, they've ever seen their pastor is on a screen talking to thousands and thousands of people. And so if they happen to bump into him in the coffee shop one day, it's like they met 
yeah. a celebrity. You know, right, a celebrity. It's a really big deal, and they, they want – and so they, they do their very best to kind of quash this idea that – uh, you know the pastor is the is the celebrity and, and yeah. he's just a dude and you ran into him and you don't really need to run into him for your church experience to be anything different. You have the body and this is healthy and he just happens to be the teacher that is teaching a larger congregation. Well, that's not what most churches teach, but yeah, I mean, I mean, most churches may say that, but there's still that cult of personality that we're trying to sure. evict from evangelicalism. In my mind, in my in my in my way of thinking, churches can say one thing, but there's still a this is the guy who's the oracle. Yeah. He has a relationship with God, the secret handshake that you could never have. And you better, he knows exactly where we're going. So you better, it's okay for you to use him as your proxy, you know, in a way, right. even if they don't say it, that's the, that's what we've grown up with. So like in this church in particular, we're trying to get rid of that. We even have three different speakers on stage. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's one of the reasons we did that is because we didn't want this to be like, this is the man of like, there's the priesthood of the believer. That's what we believe is that, you know, we all can have this relationship with God. And this is just a person. He happens to have the loudest megaphone on Sunday, maybe. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that like he can't make mistakes or he can't be wrong or. Uh, yeah. My buddy Todd, who does that, they have an elder based model and he'll say that he'll say they're very intentional. Hey guys, we have, we have more than one elder here. I happen to be the main teaching yeah. elder. I'm an elder who happens to be the main teacher. That's that's what I do. Um and and, and I think there's a health, you know, but but in particular you back to the to the child thing and the yeah. transition. I think in a larger environment this is like those kids have the same angst, but they almost have other little pockets is if instead of having to go outside of their church to find a different environment, they can find a different environment inside. Oh, yeah. sure. Because you can be exposed to a different group of people in your college years or in your young adult years or when you get married. In a church of 15,000, it's kind of like, oh, I moved to a new part of the city and now yeah, I have right. new neighbors. Yeah. And so it's a totally different scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it could happen. I don't know. I'm on, I'm on a mission. I, you know, I like to, I want to, I'm a dreamer. There's no doubt. We talk about me being abstract and all those things, but. I really do believe that the gospel works, and I really do believe that when things are not working, because um, the gospel is always working to some extent, but I'm trying to find that way. We, I, I preached last Sunday about the bride of Christ, which is a really misunderstood metaphor, I think, but a, a one that we really miss out on. There's such depth to it. But realizing it's not my job to create the beauty of the bride. Talk about Cinderella. Yeah. And, you know, Cinderella's pretty the whole time. Like, nothing changed about Cinderella in terms of her actual beauty. What changed about C- Cinderella was the positioning that caused her beauty to be revealed. And I think that the main idea of the church is not to create the beauty of the bride of Christ. That's what we, that's where we get off. That's where we, Oh guys, if you get your life right, if you get like, as if Jesus has not already done this in you and there's not already a presented or, or a, a heavenly redemption that has been bestowed upon you that creates your value. We're not here to create value. We're really not. We're here to remove whatever it is that's hiding that value. So that may be more revealed to the world. Yeah. And and so those positioning things like that is how how can we big church small church who cares how can we as believers see that beauty revealed and what is in the way of it if it's a cult of personality then yeah. let's let's diminish that let's let's right. we're gonna have to address it we're gonna have to repent we're gonna have to deal with it if it's you know because I believe that when you begin to believe almost like you know Michelangelo sculpting David like. The great ones believe that the sculpture already exists somewhere within the stone. Yeah, it's like the old Chinese proverb: like, how do you, 
how do you carve an elephant out of jade stone? You just cut away everything that's not an elephant. Elephant, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And that's that's how I believe this is, yeah. Right. Well, and I will say, too, about, you know, because I just wanted to finish my thought because I'm, fr- I'm afraid I'd leave confusion. But I do believe that there is a bigger responsibility if you're a pastor. That's clear in the Bible. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. That yeah. you're going to be – you're accountable for the people that you're shepherding. But I just believe that there should be more onus on the people who are attending church and to lose that consumer mentality of like, well, he'll figure it out for us. Right. And you become complacent because you just feel like, well, I can't ever attain the relationship with God that this person has. And then that person feels that pressure. And then the accountability goes away. And that's when pastors fall because yeah. they feel like, well, look, I'm just protected. Like you said, if I, if you only see me on a screen and I can just be ushered in and out and I've got secret service around me and it, it there's a there's an isolation where things can go awry quickly. You know? Well, and that's why people's personal faith gets so devastated sometimes when they're they're in that mentality. Yeah. And the person that is shepherding them does make a mistake or has a fall because all they have done is consume. They've never grown for themselves, yeah. God for yeah. themselves, anything. So it's a dangerous place. I mean, whether it's politics, religion, um, education, anytime when you're not thinking for yourself, it's not a good thing. Yeah, and to the kid yeah. thing, to the to the – being raised in church and then trying to transition, there's that. It is. It's a hard that hard gap of I'm going to go to big church now, or I'm going to I've got to go assimilate with adults. And I've had my youth group experience. Um, I heard a pastor say this a long time ago. I can't remember who preached it, but he said that some people live their life they're trying to prove somebody wrong, and some people live their life trying to prove somebody right. Sure. Yeah. If somebody said something encouraging to you, it can be just as big of a burden. Yeah. Oh sure. Like you're you're special. You're going to do something great, and you're just oh, like, yeah. my nana said this or whatever, and now I've got to go. Every I can't stay in this menial corporate job. I'm built for to change the world, and like, oh, don't get me started. And so that <laughs> that can be as big of a burden, but yeah. more so, we see so much damage done when somebody had a authority figure in their life, or somebody who was should have been a mentor, say something negative, and it can seem you know insignificant to that person even, but but to the person who who had it said to them. That's all they think of every day when they wake up. I got to prove this person wrong because they said I'll never amount to anything or whatever. Yeah, and they just that drives them, and it can be devastating. You know, you know Proverbs says, you know, who can endure a broken spirit or a, you know a crushed spirit? I think yeah, when you when you put something so heavy on someone, yeah, that they spend the rest of their life trying to endure it. And I think both is true though. And, and Laura and I have a lot of conversations. I'd love to hear your thoughts, honey, about that. Because I'm guilty, I'm so guilty of many things, but certainly guilty of we came out of that day where, yes, all of you are going to do something amazing. You're going to change the world. That's how we were told. And so and it, it, it really messed me up. I'm yeah. still rehabbing from that. It's true, by the yeah. way. And I think that, the, that I am doing something that's changing the world. But when you're being told it by people who have, quote, unquote, success, notoriety, you know, there, there are people doing something abnormal from normal jobs or society, um, then, then you begin to feel like it must look like that. And, and then, you know, they always, it was almost like a, like a disclaimer. Now, some of you might do that as a dentist and some of you might do, but you don't, (laughs) but I was a kid, never heard that or believed it. Oh yeah. yeah, Right. Those loser dentists who do it, you know, that's not going to be me. Well, I think that Sorry if you're a dentist, by the way. I don't think dentists are losers. Good luck at your next cleaning. In in church, I think that, and we do this, it's very much kind of the same mindset that exists in the corporate world. You 
in the church, we tend to elevate those people. I mean, we give them book deals. We put them on podcasts. We do things if they have done something unique or incredible, uh, you know, kisses from Katie. She moves to Uganda, has a bunch of kids before she's even married, you know, adopts them, is doing phenomenal work that God specifically called her to and equipped her for. But I think what we fail to do is anymore, we don't honor just plain old good faithfulness to the situation in life that God has called you to and placed you in, what would it look like if we were all out doing something unique, spectacular, whatever, and there were no longer moms and dads who were just gathered around the table with their kids, you know, instilling values into them, teaching them how to read their Bible, pray, taking them to church. What would our world look like if we didn't have faithful mechanics and, um, we need Janitors more faithful mechanics for and, sure. You know, honesty and integrity and there's values there. And I think that we want to elevate certain things and that's just natural. But I do think we do a disservice to the next generation when we don't just tell them, you know what, if your goal in life is to, you know, open a cosmetology studio and cut hair and do makeup and make people feel good about themselves and minister to them at a place where they maybe are sometimes feeling ugly or or feeling weak or just need to pick me up. If we don't say to that person, that is a gift that you can give the world and God has specifically created you and crafted you to do that work, mm-hmm. go do it well and that is enough, then we are totally doing a disservice to people. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I read a book. Uh, this week, and I think that someone interviewed Mother Teresa and asked her, it may have been Mother Teresa, but they said, who do you think the most influential woman is today in Christianity? And she said something to the effect of, she's probably laying in a bed right now with cancer somewhere in India or somewhere, and you'll never know her name. Yeah. Like, because, you know, that reverse of influence, and I, I think it, it, it makes for great conversation, but most people will use it as an excuse to feel okay about something mediocre in their life or unfulfilling. They'll never, in my mind, in my life, it's hard to not just go, I'm going to keep applying that to this wound I have to need yeah. more. I need more. I need to be more significant in my life. I need to be more important. Yeah. So I'll apply that lesson. Okay. I know I should be just content Right. with the size of my ministry and the influence of this and that. But the truth is I'm not. Like if I'm just being real with y'all, I'm not. I want more. I want to reach more people. And the, some of that drive is not a bad thing. That balance between the two. So I'll take that lesson that you so eloquently stated that's perfect for what we need to hear. And it's almost like I'll, I'll take it as a as a correction. It's like when your kid, you know, you, know, you want her to want to not eat fried food every time. Yeah. Okay? But – she really wants to. <laughs> so what you do is, is you say, now, honey, you should, we should make healthier choices. She's like, wah, 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 okay. <laughs> and you're forcing her to do it. But if left to her own devices, she would still want the fried food. She doesn't really yeah. want to be healthy yet and probably can't want that until something else in her life develops. That's how I feel about this conversation. Like, I want that to be true. And yet, the people in my life who are really influential that I learn from, 
they happen to be doing amazing, spectacular, yeah. unique things. And it's hard. It's hard not. Even I look at scripture. I think about that. As much as I can say the lady in India is the one who's most influential, the one I'm reading is Paul. Yeah, his life was 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 different. You know, the one I'm reading is Jesus. His life was different. Well, to Mother to Mother Teresa's point, like I love quotes from her. I have a million quotes from her. But like one of my favorite things, she was doing an article. She was in an interview with somebody, and they asked her. They said, "Well, you're bringing Jesus to India," and she said, "Oh no, you misunderstand. I go there to meet my Lord." Mm-hmm. She literally took it seriously yeah. that this is the face of Christ when I go and do this. I read that she had 50 people on her staff and their job to, to your point about uh, the ordinary and finding, you know, Christ in the ordinary is they would remove the dead bodies mm. from the streets mm-hmm. so that disease wouldn't be spread. That was their job. Jeez. And I just, got, and that was their ministry. Right. You just go, <laughs> In the world, this idea that, like, I want to make sure a camera's on me. And that's what, to Laura's point about, like, what would we do if those people stopped doing this and stopped raising our children? It's happening because we do. We we glory in being seen or significance. We're, we're mistaking uh, extraordinary, you know, we're mistaking like this, this. We have this false perception of significance and what it really is. And so that's why we have a reality star's president and probably one more on the way. Now we want yeah. Oprah in next, you know, the same people who were yeah. like, how dare we? Now we're like, Oprah 2020, you know, <laughs> like it's, we've already crossed that threshold into like, uh, and I'm not saying that she couldn't do a better job. And heck, politicians are, we've got a corrupt system. We know that, but it is interesting, though, that we're crossing into, like, what is real? What is a tangible thing and what is just fluff? Sure. We're losing a grasp on that, maybe. Well, not only are we losing grasp on it, but I think the generation behind us, the you know, especially the millennials and then, you know, the what comes next. Uh, Z. Yeah, Z. We learned last episode. Yeah, Generation Z. <laughs> we're doing them a disservice because what we're finding is part of their floundering and the whole, I don't know what I want to do mm-hmm. or I, this and that. And kind of the, the wondering is the wondering and the wandering are because they are in search of the spectacular. They're yeah. in search of the big thing. And, you know, I, yes, I'm still living at home at 28 and I'm supposed to be a millionaire by 30 kind of thing. And we've put that pressure on them in some ways we can't take the whole responsibility, but we also can't abdicate ourselves from it either in that we have said, go be a missionary, go be a whatever, go be a world changer. Well, you know what? World changers also look a whole lot like diaper changers. Yeah. Mm. That'll, that'll preach right there. Yeah. There's your book title. Come on, man. Hey now. <laughs> I'm sure hey, I probably hey now. <laughs> um, switch gears just a little bit. But and this is this is great stuff. But I do want to talk about the uh, the impending doom that mm. hovers over the weekend because in Nashville, yeah. they say there's a possibility of snow. Yeah, like people absolutely lose their minds. Milk, milk and bread, bro. Gotta because go those make, make the best sandwiches. Gotta go make milk and <laughs> milk sandwiches. My favorite as a kid. <laughs> I just hope. Now, listen. I do not wish any natural disaster or harm upon yeah. any state in our nation. But I do kind of hope, and if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to previous episodes. I do kind of hope that for some reason, mm. just as a scare, that the governor of South Carolina has to go back on the air <laughs> to begin warning people about with his foghorn leghorn voice because it was oh un- right oh yeah that's right I was thinking today about it I, I was, see I see I said now 
Some of you are worried about the snow that's <laughs> impending upon our fine state of South Carolina, <laughs> and I say to you, I do declare a state of emergency. <laughs> I love the governor of South Carolina. He's got the best voice. Oh was, so he really did. He, he, did, he declare. He did declare a state. Yeah, of I have emergency. to fly to Pittsburgh tomorrow, and I'm kind of worried that they're going to be there's going to be issues. I was I, supposed it's like to at, be in Minnesota this weekend. It's like at nine nine fifty or nine forty. I got to be there. So there'll definitely some, be some de-icing of the plane, which will take another so hour. So they're used to this to some extent up there. But yeah, you but mean he, getting out of here. Getting, out, getting out of here. Out of here. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's yeah. actually not bad. It's not. There's not ice there. Oh. It's cold. It's like three degrees, but it's not uh, snow. Yeah, well, you were going to Minnesota, and thank God the it trip was, got postponed, yeah. but it was going to be what? What was the wind chill? Minus like 24 this week. So my <laughs> wife refuses to acknowledge yeah. the actual temperature. If you ever ask her, it's always feels it's like. Yes, she is a real feel kind of gal. Which like, I, we have this conversation like yeah. why? Why that is because the actual temperature does not matter. It is how the body perceives that's a sermon, the That's a sermon, though. But is it, Laura? Is it? Is, do we go on feelings? Yes. Mm-hmm. When it is the real feel temperature, we do mm-hmm. because wind chill, humidity. These are the things. If that God actually, tells you it's twenty five, <laughs> but the devil tells you it's negative twelve. Who are you going to? Whose report oh will you believe? We will believe Accu- the report, of Governor of South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have lots of uh, lots of. No, I wouldn't call them healthy debates. I like weather, but she does. Laura fancies herself at least an amateur meteorologist. Can I admit that until I was in like eighth or ninth grade, I thought it was windshield factor. <laughs> That's awesome. Like how. How much wind was coming against your car? You heard wind chill, and you heard. Yeah, I wind. thought it was windshield. The windshield factor. <laughs> I so love I was that. like, "Well, keep your windows rolled up." Somebody's because... outside with a thermometer on the windshield. <laughs> on the windshield. With a windshield every morning. That's right. That's what, that's what I thought Doppler was. Probably. I don't know. That's Doppler. They got the thermometer on the windshield. This is a day of confession, bro. You I remember? I used to think it was doggy was, dog. It's a doggy dog. It's world. a doggy dog. Someone world. made a joke about that what? somewhere. Not dog eat dog. It's a dog like Snoop doggy dog. Like, I would imagine. Oh my goodness! Why didn't I know this? <laughs> because That's my terrible. whole life, and I heard someone. What I was watching a movie or something or something. And he said dog eat dog, and you were like, that no, guy's they a made loser. the joke. And oh. for the last time, it's a dog eat dog world, and not yeah. a dog. It was a show or something. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what sort of moron? When <laughs> it was like, it's me. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. I love it when people get song lyrics wrong and oh, like yeah. sing them wrong oh, the or best. expressions incorrectly. I we used to do it. we used, we did a bit one time about that. We did the what you thought you heard song. Remember that? Yeah. And we did like REM losing my religion. Let's pee in the corner. Oh, <laughs> Let's pee in the spotlight. And we did what else was oh we did uh what's the one that uh, time of your I hope you had the time of your life. <laughs> Something unpredictable. The Indian was right. It's like, what? <laughs> Some wise old Indian gave you a... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Why do I feel the Mariah Carey conversation coming on? No, not a chance. We, we've not had one. So in, in, in the well, now your of, wife's here. It's going to get uncomfortable. In the presence of my wife, oh my I feel goodness. like I should probably talk about her tight outfits again. Oh, okay, so, but Sadie did say New Year's Eve, because we let her stay up a lot yeah. longer. It was a really big deal to her. and we were So we were watching the right before the ball drop. When we were watching Mariah sing, and Sadie said, "Mom, and yeah, I think you said this last yeah. week. I feel like her outfit is pretty inappropriate." <laughs> and I said, "Well, yeah." And she goes, "That in the middle where there's not anything, like I feel like her nubbles are just gonna fall out." <laughs> 
Hey, Laura, come on. She goes, she listened to the podcast. She goes, why don't you talk about what Laura called it or what Sadie called it? And I said, well, number one, I don't remember. And number yeah. two, I, I feel like I would say something highly inappropriate. <laughs> and nubbles. I mean, I nubbles, which, I mean, obviously she meant something else, but that's what, and it just was the cutest it's thing It's best ever. not to speculate what she meant, John. <laughs> Although, well, go ahead. Let's see what happens. <laughs> we have edit buttons. I just hey, feel funny. like they're going to fall out, Boring which I think here. we all felt like that. So Yeah. I felt nothing. My, my heart and mind was yeah, all in the totally. Right place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You didn't comment several times on her tie outfit. I did. The not. Last I was talking about. Listen, just how it held her up. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> she was being held up by the outfit. Let me tell you something. We're going to have her on this show someday. No, we're not, guys. Come on. Why not? She'd have to be. That'd be a low moment for her. <laughs> then I did this podcast. In a church nursery. Make sure she had some tea. (laughs) That's right. She needs some hot tea. Oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. Well. Well. um. (laughs) And on that note, that she couldn't hit, by the way. Hey, can I tell you this one story? So I'm not a super sentimental person. Like I'm more sentimental the older I get now. I think I look back on things. Oh, this is kind of cool. But I've just always grown up like not super sentimental and not understanding sentimentality very much. Uh, so basically, you're cold and callous. Something like that. Yeah, Your okay. Heart is, but desperately wicked. But we were, I was talking to my wife last night because I gave her a ring for uh, Christmas, it's and we're so having, pretty, and too. we're having it sized right. So we and they they're still not done with it. and It's infuriating because like, what are you what are you doing? They told me a date, and now it's not still not done. Uh, I think they lost the ring. Oh no. So I said, I think they've lost your ring, and she goes, Oh my gosh! Remember when my and it reminded me her grandmother, uh, they had an old ring of hers. And the sisters took and divided it up, and they had that gold melted into her wedding band, like each of their wedding bands, her, her and her two sisters. And we were talking about that, and well, I was the the original ring, the original ring of her wedding band. Well, that's what I was saying. They I was like, included it with well, the I, other ones. but I started thinking like, how big was this woman? Like I went the same place. She was like, was this a Super Bowl ring? Like what in the world? What are you crafting <laughs> from this? I guess they added gold, but it's yeah. just funny to think about this huge woman. <laughs> This gigantic. I want to melt this ring down and make one for everybody. <laughs> I don't right. think that that's humorous. Actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like the golden calf. It just it's we all yeah. It's okay. good to have our conscience here today. Yes, somebody that. has it to is. be one. Sorry, some women have big hands. Guys, it wouldn't matter if she's a woman or a man or whomever. It just it was a big ring. We're know? not. We're not. Like, yeah. Some women have really big man hands. Yeah. I have man knuckles. Do you have big, how big, how big is your man, ring size? I, have, I don't know. It's like seven and a half. I have man That's, knuckles because have, they got to get Seven and a half is a big ring size for yeah, a woman. Yeah, for a girl. Yeah. yeah. You have small hands in my opinion. I have little fingers, really big knuckles. Huh. So once you get it over the knuckle, you find you got a little. Like, and right now I have my, this is my mission strip band on from Walmart. Um, I wear it when I don't want to put my other ring yeah. on, but um yeah, it just This is my second wedding band. I have another wedding band that's the actual one, and then this is my fat wedding band. This is my Johnny's not doing so great. I had to I get have. a new wedding band when I lost a bunch of weight because I used to be bigger, and I had had these these ribbed. See, your story makes me hate you, but yeah. go ahead. Well, I don't know, but now I think I've gained all that weight back. We still so you have need to go that. back. We still have that that's, ring. You may need to go ahead and transition. I wonder if I would fit right now. Maybe that's how I determine how much weight I've actually lost it's the or gained. Band. Go put that wedding band on and see. But your hand was, can swell, and sometimes it can just be because of arthritis, the windshield factor, whatever. <laughs> I love it. A lot of things can affect it. The windshield factor. Man, that's a uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to be a meteorologist. 
But did you guys have Snowbird here? Remember Snowbird? Did y'all Do have that? Have the Snowbird? puppet? We have Snowbird, don't we? The puppet I for kids that tells them when school's going to be. I, I think Snowbird. What do you mean got rid of him? What do you mean? They had to put him down. <laughs> He's a puppet. <laughs> last year, I think that was the big thing is that they were not going to do Snowbird anymore. Well, I heard the Snowbirds were endangered, so maybe it was. Oh, uh, yeah. It's sad. I don't know. They couldn't. Snowbird's gone, kids. I, no, I think he still makes appearances at school. And stuff. I don't know. I wonder if it's still cool to kids when Snowbird shows up at your school. Listen, if but if he's there, it means you're at school. school. But he's there exciting. to he's there to tell you there's no school, so it's kind of a weird mixed message. Right? Snowbird's coming to school. It's like boo, <laughs> unless he's telling you like school's out. <laughs> like We're leaving at noon. Yeah. Instead of announcing it on the news now, they should do a Snowbird tour. <laughs> Like, he goes and lets them all know. Like, if you see Snowbird pull up in the parking lot, all the kids start freaking out. You know, it's like Santa Claus. Guys, we just made something. Call Channel 2 and tell them. Snowbird's on Channel 4. Call Channel 4. Maybe he could just, yeah, you're right. He could just show up randomly like he won the lottery. Yeah. There's not even any snow. It's just that he's decided. There's a Snowbird sighting. Like, that'd be great. Guys, we're going to do it. No one, we and then we wonder own. why like, the Chinese are passing us in education. We're like trying to figure out ways to give more days off to our kids. They need a break. Dude, when I was a teacher, I wanted to be out so bad. I'd be so... Well, and they were out a lot. You got out for like hard rain because you lived in the foothills. Yeah, that was awesome. Up in Blunt County, it's true. It, yeah. we, would, we would have rain, but up in the foothills, they'd have snow. So I had to let the whole county out. It was glorious. Mm-hmm. It was glorious. And I should have wanted to go to work, but didn't. No. And I had this whole like... I would be really upset because you had these built-in snow days, but when we were off, we didn't get paid anymore. Like, uh-huh. here's the point. If we didn't get all the snow days, we had 12 snow days built in, okay? And if we only used five of them, I wanted to get paid out for another seven. It's called being a salaried employee. I know, but I wanted that back. Well, or I, give I me all 12 do, snow days. But it's the same thing with, like, my PTO. If I don't use it all, I don't get paid any more or less. Mm. Guys, but it's, this is, we're going to the airwaves. You're to still make upset about this. I you're want, just a spoiled American. You're a successful make, author now, John. What else do you want? Oh my gosh. Guys, I am pretty successful. I've <laughs> <laughs> dozens of dollars. A couple people have read the book. Hey, speaking of, by the way, oh boy. I was Here's shocked. A plug. I was shocked to go read how many new comments there were on the talk about that podcast that right? on, on itunes that's yeah. nice yeah in fact we, we should probably pull them up no don't pull them up that's that's very self-serving somebody, somebody did say they wanted me to do that they wanted to eventually hear brutus's voice oh. like it was going back and, and I'm yeah but you do can't it. don't just I'm tease just, it now and then do it i'm just gonna record it and bring it and play it i, I want to hear it when john's not planning it yeah i want to hear that <laughs> I'm when surprised he know. you haven't heard it because I talk in it quite a bit. Yes, you do. It's how I get. A, it's how I get to the day. It's unsettling. <laughs> um, somebody did say we had some listeners from Indiana who stumbled across it. We had like you know, like it. It, it was good. We're getting we're getting good feedback, and um, not that we want just good feedback. I yeah. want honest. I want feedback, and I want sponsors. I want real sponsors because we have a, quite a bit of listeners now. I wonder if our listeners go and read the whole description to see the things that you write in there sometimes about. Oh, they're not not sponsored. The, the not sponsors. Because yeah. what was the one? Them. I think what was the one last week. I can't remember. Was it Oreos? Did you an Oreo? No, no, it wasn't Oreos. It was something. Oh, it was there's like no way a, to know. It's Cheetos. Yeah, Cheetos. not sponsored by Cheetos. Yes, and your Cheetos uh, eat our dust. dust. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my mom calls them. Cheetos. Cheetos. Like Cheetos. The emphasis is on the different mm. syllable, and she said loves Cheetos, and it's just a thing, but it's Cheetos. <laughs> Cheetos. I want LaCroix. That's the next, that's how I'm going after. Oh, I love LaCroix. LaCroix is, that is like what's wrong with white people. LaCroix, <laughs> let me, I read a great description about LaCroix. This is the best. Somebody put it on Twitter. It said, LaCroix is like drinking club soda, 
while somebody shouts the name of a fruit from the next room. <laughs> That's how fruity it is. <laughs> no, I love it. I, it's a great way to break a soda habit. Okay, whatever. It's still yeah. the bubbles, though. That's what's bad, right? The carbonation is the still bad. Carbonation bad. bad. I think bubbles said, are bad. Johnny, you breathe carbon dioxide. I think is bubbles bad? are bad. I think bubbles are bad for, like, uh, cardiovascular. Johnny, I don't know. They're I can only, only bad if they're coming through your do, IV. I'm going to do some. <laughs> Those that's are bad. true. That's true. You I don't want to only tell there. you what's worked for me, Johnny, and I think the results speak for themselves. <laughs> that's right. As you transition to ring number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I got four rings, really. That's it's true. Different. It's good to have that. You need, like, that's when you, some people get it resized. I'm like, just get another ring. Because wedding bands are cheap. Like, if you have to replace an engagement ring for a woman, oh. it's thousands of dollars. But, like, a wedding band's 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. So a guy can just be like, I'm just getting another ring. What does that speak to the value of males in the relationship? We have no value. That's the old Seinfeld bit about how we all dress alike. Just in case the guy doesn't show up, we can just all take one step to the left. <laughs> and that's why the wedding vows are not like, do you take Brad Johnson? It's do you take this man? Because <laughs> it's just like we know how you know <laughs> sure. unreliable men are. So we all dress in these monkey suits and like show up and whatever. Uh, yeah, Driver, you got nothing for this? No. Okay. I was reading about carbonated water and whether oh, it's actually goodness. bad for you. Johnny, this is what just happened there. Are you reading? You'll find if you read the internet, you'll find well, something yeah, you'll that find says what it's you're awful. Looking. Let me tell you something. Causes about cancer. Life. You sometimes find what you're searching for. It's like WebMD. Mm. Like my elbow hurts. Elbow cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Laura and I. This is this is a constant. This is a time for us to get this out in the open. Yeah. So what just happened right there is you were saying something great that we need a female perspective on because yeah. I needed her to be involved. Sorry, I was fact checking the carbonation in, thing. I feel like if it's we're important. watching TV together, yeah. I want us to be together. Oh, Lord. oh does she together. look at her phone a lot when you're on the? Well, something will spark. We'll go. Where have we seen that actor for? Like a new character will come on. Yeah. And I'm still now engaged five minutes into the plot of the show. And she is now, I don't notice it at first. She has now spent the last five minutes trying to figure out what show that actor was on. Yeah. And then, and I'm, here's the, here's what I know. Something really important happens. And in my periphery, I can see that she's looking down. Yeah. And she missed this. And I'm like upset about it. Like, but then does she question you? Like, why is that guy dead now? No, it's like she just suddenly doesn't care about something we're both engaged oh, in. Oh, that's not good. And I'm like, no, it's we can't. It's, I can't move beyond the roadblock that has now been put in front of me. Well, here's another roadblock. Tell me Laura, so I can push pause. Laura and I were talking about we both share something, and that is a tiny bladder. Oh, okay. so bad. So. I go and I have to have a Not soda. Not the same tiny bladder. No, no, no we okay. don't share a bladder. That'd be weird. <laughs> be weird for my show, too. Be like, hey, who's that? <laughs> why, is, why are they both wearing a huge Zeke Everici blouse? It was a weird conjoined twin thing where they were really only was. joined at the bladder. That's like, right, joined like, at the bladder. It's, <laughs> it's a tragic tale. <laughs> we're going to get emails for that one. My grandpa was, was joined at the bladder. Joined at the bladder. Anyway. <laughs> So we have both have tiny bladders, and here's the thing: I gotta Joined have a the bladder. S- still a better name than loyals. than loyals. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna have a. I have to have a soda, and then, but I know I'm I'm gonna pee four times in the movie, and I'm trying to time it. Like, does this feel like an expositional part of the movie where? Can you use that app? That like there is an app that tells you app. when to go pee. It's yeah. called the yeah. pee app or the something. Pee app. That's probably yeah. <laughs> I think it's called Go Pee app. Go pee. Oh, okay. When to go pee? Something. Okay, so, but I, I will. I I'll come back. <laughs> No, and she, my wife, she's gone. She's my not wife's at the point where she'll just be when I come back and I'm the fourth time. I'm like, okay, what's going on? She's like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, to stop it, I'm not your resource. I'll be like, why is that guy? I thought that guy was with that guy. He's like, you shouldn't have had the large soda. But sometimes if it's a concert, like we try to sit on the end of the aisle. 
yeah. if it's a movie. But when you have seats in the middle of a row, because that's uh, just the tickets you got. Now I've got to – excuse me. Excuse me. I'm I sorry. I won't sit in the middle. I did a concert. I was at a concert. It's called Run P. Run P. Uh-huh. Well, I – she had to go figure it out. She did. <laughs> I did. So I, had, I was at a show, a comedy show, and I had to keep getting out. And like by the fourth time, I could tell the people were irritated with me. So I just leaned in the fourth time as I was getting back to my seat. And I go, they put a catheter in this time. <laughs> We're all good. Oh <laughs> so that made him feel better. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. But well, I think the next time we have here's what I'm gonna ask you. Okay. My lovely wife of almost we're gonna be eighteen years this year. It's <laughs> like you better been get together. that right. It's been easy. Together 20. So next night next time you need to fact check, just ask me to push pause. Like, don't do it without – this is like, communication. Right, it feels like, like I'm your counselor. Like right now or just when we're watching TV? Let's start with TV. Okay. You know, I can do you've that. You've done a really good job on road trips. You've seen okay. that commercial where the guy's like – all the whole family has oh, headphones, headphones on. in. And he's like, I'm not it, sharing my – Because I get a, I yeah. get a, a, a safe, safe driving, driving bonus, bonus check, yeah. which has to be like $5 that I don't share with mom. And she's – you know. Yeah. And so that whole deal. I, I live that. I live yeah. that. They will, they will zone out. And it's not into headphones, but – yeah. So, so Except I, there is no safe driving bonus check, and Laura makes more money than you. <laughs> and ignores you. She's like, I share my life with you, and you should be grateful. And I am. I am very grateful. But, uh, but the next time we'll have that. But back to that, and, and we'll, we're going to actually wrap up with this. But so, the, so one of the pastors I was talking about, one of the large churches, one of the ways that he debunks that, um, the star yeah. uh, thing, the first time. I ever heard him speak to a live group. John, you may have been with me because you came to this conference with me. Uh, yeah. And but you may have been back in the hotel room because no, you really flaked out on us in that I one. I don't think spend so. a lot of time I don't remember with this. me, and I'm I very upset about Stop it. it. But so he got up and he said, and this sounds it sounds it's going to sound crazy, but he said to everybody in that room, he goes, "Hey guys, you know we elevate pastors and elevate you know especially men as if that they're not going to have faults." And he looked at that crowd and he said, "In my natural self." Without Jesus, I would want to sleep with all of your wives like it's that. And it was like this, boom, you know. And he goes, and it was like, <gasps> like this. He had to do something to like get them. Yeah. And then he goes, why the heck are y'all looking at me crazy right now? Because every one of you dudes in this room knows that in your heart, apart from Jesus, you do the same thing. But you expect something different of me. And then he said, but because I live in honest community with the people in this church, guess what? Right. I never have. We've been married 40 years or whatever. We got five kids. I don't have, but to act like I don't have the, the capacity yeah. to go down the wrong path is what causes people like me to go down, to the, go down path. the wrong path. Yeah. So we just need to be honest about it. And so the whole reason I said that one, cause it's a really great, a really great thing, you know, but I came home to my wife. She goes, you better never say that. Say that into <laughs> a microphone. Like a, yeah, no, no. Oh, so John adapted. I want to sleep with the attractive wives. <laughs> yeah, he better oh not gosh. ever say Not that. all of your wives. <laughs> <laughs> just the attractive ones. Some of you guys are like seven or higher than me. Oh maybe. my gosh! <laughs> I shared that with some dudes in a in a small group last night, and I told them, I was like, and my wife said, "You better never." They just laughed, but it's so true, man. We're all, we're all yeah. there in, in some different way. But hey, Laura, I would really enjoyed having you as our co-host Thanks. today, and I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon. And uh, I'd love to have Dane back. We'll do all four. That was a fun episode, you know, last time as well. I will say when I looked at the downloads. I believe the episode you were on last time was our most popular, our most downloaded episode. Well, what? that's because I bring a different feel. And that's because you sent it to every friend you had. No, actually, I didn't. I only <laughs> sent it to one. <laughs> well, you were great. And we, uh, 
we, you guys made a vow before we started. I think it was a mistake to not even mention Enneagram today. Uh, I don't know why. Not I, a sponsor. It, I think it's okay. Well, yeah. It's okay. But I'm learning so much more and she digging is. in so much deeper. So maybe next time we can talk maybe about it again. Time. Maybe next time. But then Johnny can have taken the Maybe test. I will have results by Yeah, then. that'll be good. Yeah. I tell you, Johnny, that in the book, I'm writing the comedy book, that they made me, they wanted me to make a test about being a, if I tell this, it's going to say what the book is, and we're not supposed to tell you. Don't do that. Don't, don't do it. I'll tell you at lunch. Oh, can't okay. wait. It'll be great. Hey, guys, thanks for listening today to talk about that. We'll see you next time, and share with your friends. Leave us a comment. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.